Originating from a secret underground bunker buried deep in the heart of Chicago's north side, two fans dare to defy the laws of man to bring you a podcast about the south side hitmen, the good guys who wear black. There's a sense of pride. Um, there's a sense of, of purpose. Azagian, by far. He was my favorite player. Of all time, it's Paul Canerco. I love the hot dogs. I love the grilled onions. And I can't believe it's been 13 years. 13 painful, painful years. <laughs> because good guys wear black. Good guys talk back. Hey, Sox fans. Welcome to Good Guys Talk Back Everything. Chicago White Sox. We are fan-centric. We are blue-collar. And this is episode 30, uh, recording this on Wednesday, July 10th, 2019. It's the All-Star break. I am Nick Morawski. Got a lot of great stuff to talk about. Let me bring in my co-host, Jeff Julian. Hello, sir. Has it really been 30 times we've cracked the mic to talk White Sox and all things baseball? I, you know, I can't believe it. I mean, we've been doing this since early December when it was bitterly cold. Right. And uh, today it's uh, the warmest it's been in 11 months in Chicago. We've seen it all. Uh, fairly a weekly podcast, too. Yeah. Uh, tr- churning these out uh, just about every seven to 10 days. Thank you to everybody who's, who's been with us since episode one. And thank you if this is your first time tuning in. Uh, we appreciate you passing this along. It's really just an opportunity to uh, to talk White Sox. And uh, Jeff, you have got a, a pretty cool feature that you want to talk one more time uh, that Anchor offers us. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like Nick said, we really appreciate all the feedback you've given us, whether you've subscribed to the podcast or you've rated it mm-hmm. and left yeah. a review. Yeah. We really love it, whether it's Twitter or Facebook, when you jump on and add a comment to a post that we've put out there, or even ask us a question. And there's another way to do that. We use anchor.fm to distribute the podcast. Mm-hmm, yeah. And if you go to our page on their site, which is anchor.fm slash good dash guys dash talk dash back, you can send us a voice message and you can do it just like old school voicemail and, you know, sports talk radio, something like that. You can tell us what you think and hopefully we'll get a couple of those and we can play them Mm -hmm. on uh, one of the future podcasts. So again, check out anchor.fm slash good dash guys dash talk dash back and leave us a message and we'll check it out. Awesome. Um, so we are we are here in the All Star break, and uh, for several years now, and I don't know how how you felt about this, and I'm sure other Sox fans can understand. I've been excited about the All Star break because it has been an opportunity for uh, the Sox to lick their wounds, for fans to kind of lick their wounds. We have not been doing very very well uh, leading into the All Star break. This season is different. I was kind of bummed right. when, when the break hit, you know, yeah. riding that game against the Cubs, you know, powered by Aloy and Abreu. And, you know, here the Sox are, you know, trending up. And, you know, I was excited to see uh, Giolito, Abreu, and McCann in the Midsummer Classic, but it was uh, tough to have uh, no White Sox baseball for about a week. For sure. And we really set the stage, too, on our last podcast talking about that six game series mm-hmm. it only ended up being five Correct. because they had yeah. the 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 rainout mm-hmm. with the tigers but we looked at that and we said 
you got to take care of business. This is a measure of what kind of team you are. And we, we, I think probably all things considered pretty good. They split with the Cubs. They took two or three from the Tigers. And so you're two games under 500 and we know what's coming up and we'll talk about that in a little bit. You got an opportunity to make a run and get back into this wild card uh, opportunity. So yeah, I agree. All-star break, uh, you know, fine. It's, it's fun. We did a a little bit of the home run derby kind of contest through the, yeah, we filled the bracket out. Yeah. We filled the bracket out. That was fun. And Oh my God, talk about the baseball flying out of the, (laughs) out out of the park. Look at what uh, Vlad jr. Did. And so, you know, the, the break is fun. I don't happen to like that they uh, put home field advantage on the game. That's my my opinion. I liked it when it was more exhibition, but yeah. whatever. It, it comes and goes, and you know, let's get back into some real yeah. baseball for this team. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, as a kid growing up, you know, I feel like uh, when you think back to, to baseball, uh, all-star teams or all-star games, uh, you can kind of relate it maybe to when you started collecting baseball cards or you were playing Little League uh, or baseball constantly at the Sandlot during the summer. And I go back to 1989 All-Star Game. You had Bo Jackson. You know, you had Wade Boggs. You know, Jackson leads off with a bomb to center field. Uh, it was documented in a 30 for 30 about him. Yeah. And I just think back of how important those those – you know, late 80, early 90 all-star games were for myself, my brother's kids on the block. We'd be playing wiffle ball or something in sure. the yard, and then somebody's dad would just yell out, the game's on! <laughs> and you would just drop whatever you're doing. Everyone would bolt yeah. and, and, and watch it. And then you'd watch the highlights on SportsCenter the next morning. I, I, you know, I don't have that same feel for it, but I do get really geeked up to see, you know, White Sox players uh, – going against some of the top uh, NL talent. Well, they seem to have a lot of fun. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to watch the game, but everything I heard from, you know, radio coverage, you know, sports guys talking about it, it seemed like there was a real camaraderie to mm-hmm. this game. There's a lot of exciting yeah. young players there in are. the game right there now are. and to get to see them all on the stage. What I find interesting is unlike the NBA's all-star game, unlike the football pro bowl, which is just, Oh God, bury that thing. Yeah. This game has always been competitive. Even before they put the higher stakes on it. And correct me if I'm wrong. They put those stakes on the game because there was a tie. There was a tie and they ran out of pitchers or players or something. Or, 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 yeah, to me, you, you overcorrected for the outlier for, for one, you know, for, for this crazy circumstance. They and, wanted players playing. They didn't want players passing and just taking yeah, a vacation. But uh, this game always is competitive. It's always a good game for the most part. You know, you don't have these like, you know, 25 to 27 run games or you don't right. have the football where they're not even hitting well, each other or basketball listen, where they're scoring 180 listen, and, and points on either it's side. It's a great point, and it's because baseball – is the sport where the defense holds the ball. Yeah. So there's these egos, you know, and talk about egos. You know, you got Verlander starting the game, and you think he's just going to pepper in fastballs just so he can watch some NL stars show off their power? No No way. way. I mean, no way. And and that's how the, that's the beauty of the game. It's a salty. It is. We're going to get into that in a little bit (laughs) with these balls being juiced and this, that, and the other. But um, you know, AL comes out on top. Uh, Giolito had a scoreless inning, a pretty neat inning of work. 
Abreu had an at bat but didn't do much, and uh, McCann did exactly what he's been doing. He he shoots a uh, you know a, a single to right center field, and then he makes a heck of a play uh, on a foul ball diving catch, uh, stranding a couple runners uh, for the NL. So he's either gonna make <laughs> this this ends <laughs> one of two ways, right? Like, really? Uh, to me, Sox keep him. Maybe, you know, and you've, yeah. you've, you've talked about that before yeah. and, you know, maybe I just, I can't see this going on forever. Right. So it's bound to disappoint at some point, you know, either socks make a deal for him and he ends up turning into this perennial all-star that has this great second half resurgence of his career or they keep him and he falls off next year and is, is back down to, yeah. to where he was before. You know, I think the only thing that can go wrong is if, uh, us as we as fans which is very uh you know we can do this as fans is build a player up too much and he becomes more than he actually can be what he's doing right now is 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 definitely above average for james mccann as a human and it's more than enough that what we need in a starting catcher and yeah. uh i'm not you know he's gonna dip he's gonna dip you know and he might not make the all-star our team next year but you know, we have him now, and I say resign him. We need him for a couple more years, uh, not because of a default, like we just need a veteran guy, but because what we're seeing out of him, I, I think, is sustainable. I that's really what do. I, that's it's not what like I, he's putting up like 35 home runs at the break, and no, you're like, oh, man. Uh, I know, but he's batting like 60-some-odd points above his average, and I, I just I just wonder, you know— what 29-year-old baseball player all of a sudden figures it out offensively and just becomes I mean this guy is not it's not like he's having a better year he's having a beyond career right, year right right but but going back to your point a few episodes ago when we are a contender which is hopefully sooner than later you want to be strong up the middle defensively I don't need him to be a 330 hitter right i need right. to be him i need him to be an efficient error-free, for the most part, catcher that can call a hell of a game, that commands a pitching staff that's going to be rather young, and hit maybe 260, 270. I guess I'd feel better if I knew that there was something that had been talked about, whether it's by Ricky or or somebody else, where they said, this is he did this, and then all of a sudden... Now this is happening. He did. You know, I mean, he like, did. What? There's been some articles that he kind of, when he got released by the Tigers, he had a bit of a, you know, come to Jesus moment, whatever you want to call it. Like he, he did some self-reflection, you know, he went back during the off season and, and tried to really analyze like what's going on here. And it's, I, I feel like personality wise, he centered himself mentally and and i think he worked on some mechanical things as well but people can't say enough about him that know what they're talking about yeah. and uh, as a fan you know who tries to watch or, or listen to just about every inning possible in a season i love what i see yeah um, no i mean it, listen it, it's hard to argue the production it, the pitchers seem to really stop being negative work. on james I'm mccann not, jeff no. <laughs> It's it's not negativity. It's not in just, my, not in this not in episode thirty. It's a question of what what to expect. I, I just I want to know if this passes the eye test, and if he sticks around, is is he the guy that that he is right now, or is he the guy he was for 
five, six years with Detroit? Or is the truth somewhere in the middle? And and it's, it's not- probably going to be more in the middle, maybe above the middle. But I look at a guy like A.J. Brzezinski, which is going to go down as one of the most legendary White Sox of all time. And uh, he had one all-star appearance for yeah. during his tenure as a White Sox. Okay. Now, if you look at that on paper... Well, why why is everybody so hot and bothered by you know in a lather with uh, AJ Pruszynski? It was all the other things that he did, and of course, being on that World Series team uh, always helps. Uh, so that that could be the it's all those little intangibles that you might not be able to quantify in the box score. But I get what you're saying, and I think you know let's see how the season rides, you know, uh, and if he can pull this off throughout the season. I mean, I would extend him right now. I mean, he's definitely one of the reasons, one of the big reasons why the Sox are 42 and 44 right now. Yeah, I, I don't know that the A.J. comparison holds, though. I, I mean, A.J. started, I mean, he was a much better player right out of the gate for for, for Minnesota from a, from an offensive standpoint. Sure, well, yeah. I, and he I actually made that. it to two All-Star games. With the Sox? Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, one, I, one yeah, with, only with the Sox. One, one with, with Minnesota. <laughs> Stop trying to sneak all these. Listen, Twin, his his twins career. I don't never even want to talk it. about that. I don't even want he to. He never about went it. to Texas Boy. or Boston. Boy, St. Louis. No, no, no. Well, St. Louis was fine. <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind that he was on the Cardinals. All right, I'm not going to derail it with yeah. with. I'm just with your. I, I find it interesting, and certainly the truth of the matter is. James, if if James McCann is the difference between you winning a World Series or not winning a World Series, you're probably not winning one. I I don't think he's going to be. Mean, we're going to talk a little bit about the players that, you know, there needs to be other players than just these superstars. These yeah, you need your glue players. guys. You need I'm, your glue guys. And I'm he's just a saying. Glue guy. At the end of the day, McCann is not where this team's problems lie, or where or where they'll make the next jump. In my opinion. Well, you know. I haven't heard a bad thing about him. And, uh, you know, when Detroit came to town last week, Garden Hire, who's, you know, managing the Tigers now. Never uh, managed the Twins. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I wanted him actually to manage the Sox, but that's a whole nother uh, episode. Garden Hire couldn't say enough about uh, McCann and how sad uh, they're, see to see, they're sad to see him go, but so happy that he is where he is yeah. as a player. Yeah. Um, so, well, you uh, can put him on the on the Sox uh, Rushmore right next to Timmy A. Timmy's and, starting uh, to come down though, so <laughs> <laughs> he kept the spot warm for McCann. <laughs> um, all right, so here's the state of the Sox, folks. Uh, good stuff. Forty-two and forty-four, two games under five hundred. Last year at the All-Star break, they were twenty-nine games under five hundred. Uh, they're in third place in the central. That is probably not going to change. Uh, I just don't see that changing right now. Uh, they are seven back from that second wild card, and they have an opportunity right. to change that right. because, you know, coming up, the Sox have, uh, uh, well, you know, LA, the LA Angels are ahead of them. Uh, Texas is ahead of them. Boston is ahead of them. And Oakland is ahead of them. And coming up, this this series here after the break is in Oakland for three games. And then in, in a following series, uh, they are in Tampa, which leads the wild card. So they can chip away. They really can. And, 
you know, we're going to talk down the road here in this episode of kind of putting this 2019 season into three different chambers almost and and how I see it. Yeah, I think if you could take series from Tampa Bay and Oakland, you know, win win some of these games, you you can get yourself back into this conversation. But I think I think within the next 20 games, you got to get yourself 20. I would say within the next 20 to 25 games, I think you need to be in that three, three and a half margin of, you know, games back of that of that wild card. If leader. you are, if you are a fan and you know, deep down, let's be honest, we're all looking at that wild card number. Uh, and if you're looking, you're looking for this Sox team to sneak into the playoffs. Yeah. I would say you, you're going to want that. You got to, uh, you, you got to cut that number in half. Yeah, you got to be a three, three or half, three and a half, uh, you know, in, 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 in all reality, it's really not about the record. It, it's how you got to the record. You know, if you've got guys that aren't going to be on the team in 2020 or 2021 that are really doing a lot of the damage um, and, and pulling this team up to where they are, then I think you might have a problem. Well, I, but but I, I don't think that's the case. I, it's I not think the case. There's, the... there's one guy that I want to talk well, There's There's two okay. guys that are really interesting to talk about at the, at the state where, where they're in. Because one guy might not be around in 2020, and one guy we all hope is around in 2020, and, and, and they're, they're taking different paths. Um, so, you know, we, we kind of entitled this section Under the Microscope, and uh, boy, the bad has got to be Ronaldo Lopez. And, and that's the guy that I'm hinting at previously, that we, we wanted him to be in the fold for 2020 and 2021. We looked at this guy's makeup, um, his lively arm, you know, he, he just has the build of a pitcher. He can log innings. You know, he's not on the IL. Um, but he is just going in a, in a, in a bad way. Uh, he's sitting at 4-8 and eight with a 6.34 ERA. You know, he's logged 18 games, and he's got 98 innings under his belt, which is good. Uh, but he really laid an egg uh, against Detroit and – this was right before the all-star break and in a big article came out and in a few publications ran with it that he vows to be better in the second half. I mean, what, if anything, Jeff, do you see that he can be better in the second half? I mean, you just can't say it. It's, it's like when this is going to date me uh, and it goes even before me, but you know, when Nixon ran in 68 and it's like the new Nixon, I'm back. What's so new about you? Yeah. Nothing has changed. You're just saying you're the new Nixon. You can't just say you're going to be the new Lopez, and you got to change something. He's been in the league for four years now, and the first year with the Nationals and then the second year with the Sox, he only pitched – he pitched eight games. Or no, he, he started 11 games in 16 with the Nationals and, and eight games with the Sox in, mm-hmm. in 17. Right. So I, I think you kind of have to – I don't want to say you totally throw those out the window, but they're that's not that's not a sample size sure, for sure, sure yeah. right? But I mean, ZRA was four point nine one and four point seven two in both of those seasons. Then you get to that eighteen season, he pitches one hundred and eighty eight innings, um, yeah. thirty two games started. He's seven and ten. He's he's got a three ninety one ERA, and his earned run numbers er, earned runs 
82 earned runs that year. Yeah. Okay. The reason I bring that up and in, in 88 runs total, he gave up 25 homers that year. The reason I bring those three numbers up is because you look at right now, halfway through this season, 98 innings pitched, he's four and eight. He's almost double that, that ERA yeah. from 18 and He's already given up 23 home runs. Yeah. He's got he's given up 69 earned runs mm-hmm. and 73 runs total. Mm-hmm. That's you're already eclipsing. You're 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 damn near eclipsing a full season's worth of work right. in in half a season. To yeah. me, the number I I don't know where I don't know what's wrong. I don't know if we'll find out later. He was hurt or nursing an injury. Sure, sure, but, sure. But man, that nothing I'm seeing here shows me an arrow pointing up on 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 a guy so you look at where uh, lopez was at the all-star break last year and he was four and seven okay well he's four and eight right now so that's almost identical so you really have to look at the earned run average he was at a 3.91 which is where he ended up finishing uh, at the all-star break he's at a six three four right now um yeah it's it's hard to see anything changing here well what needs to change is he needs a wipeout pitch like like nobody's business he does not have a wipeout pitch and what i'm talking about is when he's got a batter you know oh two he doesn't have anything nasty that he throws at a batter where he trusts mccann or whoever's the backstop and i am just gonna this is gonna fall off the table it's gonna be out of the zone it's gonna cut out of the zone and I, I'm just showing you I have this in my arsenal, and I'm seeing if you'll fish because it's so nasty. Yeah. Giolito's developed it. Okay. Nova's got something like that, too. You know, Sale, of course, had it. Quintana. He does not have that. His wipeout pitch right now is a rising fastball. Okay. Or he tries to freeze a hitter on the corner. Well, guess what? If you miss with that freeze or that rising fastball doesn't rise, it's in the zone. Yeah. It's, a, it's a letter high fastball. And these guys are hitting. They yeah. can mash. I mean, yeah. they're, they're studying their swing in the offseason with all these different kind of launch angles. And they know what to do with a pitch that stays in the zone. His pitches do not move enough. Yeah. He could yeah. pump it up there to 98 miles an hour, but he doesn't have some nasty stuff that gets him out of trouble. And, and his stuff is really staying in the zone and getting him in trouble. Yeah. He's just... You know, even you just look at even some of the more advanced metrics, and I know we we don't do much of that, but I I, I just I see a guy whose numbers don't tell me a story mm-hmm. of a pitcher who's going to be who's getting better. This looks like a guy who was what he was when he started and is going to continue to be that. And in in this year. It looks like it's going to be worse. Yeah. It looks like it's getting worse. I, you know, I've heard this question tossed around on social media and, you know, in different articles, uh, whether it's the Trib or in NBC Sports Chicago, do you put him in long relief moving forward? Uh, just as a guy that can maybe, you know, eat three innings in the middle of a game. I don't know if I trust him in that position. You're talking... Um, in future years, though, yeah, right? Because clearly, I don't think you can move him on no, your starting I would say rotation next right year, now. Maybe because I don't even know if he's on the rotation next year, right? You know, you got Kopech, you got Cease, you got Giolito. Okay, Lopez, I had him and probably a free agent. Uh, we hope, for yeah. God's sake, yeah. uh, Garrett Cole, maybe, or 
You know, you know. I mean, you knows? just figure if you figure if, if somebody, they're going to do what they're going to do, you got you some to. kind of you big free to. agent signing or trade. Yes. Then you've For got the love of everything. Right. Yes, you got you, Cease, you Kopech, and Giolito. Those are your three. So, I mean, I think he could listen. I think he could be a fifth starter if if he can continue. Now, what what you have to see is. Is he going to give you another 180 so innings this year? He's a year? horse right okay? now. I if will say If he ends that. up again somewhere, horse. if he's like, you know, 11 and you know 13 or you know 10 and 12 mm-hmm. or something like that, and he gives you 180, 190, then he could be a fifth starter. And I'm very aggravated because I'm I've been defending Lopez too, even even during the preseason or spring training and at the beginning of the season and. Uh, you know, I, I I root for this guy. I really do. I, the I, problem I, is that you thought he was going to be more. Well, I thought a, he a was going to be a, a lot more. And I, I can't, you can't quantify this, but just when you watch him, he looks like a pitcher. He's got pow- He comes from a power position and he can run that ball up, you know, 97, 98, almost effortlessly. But he just, you know, it almost looks like he is a, is a thrower and he's not a pitcher. A thrower is some guy that says, I've got the speed and the velocity, and I'm just going to keep pumping it into the zone. A pitcher has the smarts and the intelligence to outthink the hitter, okay? Mixing the count up, trusting the catcher, and having the confidence in all of your pitches. And he's just not there yet. In the other X factor for me, or and maybe it's just watching the Sox for, for so long and, and, you know, seeing what has been done in the past with pitchers. But to me, you've got Don Cooper, who is this pitcher whisperer, or, you know, he, he <laughs> yeah, turns, true. He, he's turned guys' true. careers around. If he can't do something with Lopez after three years with him, then, then, you know, what, what hope is there yeah. for him? Yeah. Um, now, now let's talk with a bright spot, spot uh, just briefly. Um, and then I want to talk uh, column A. Uh, Lurie Garcia. Now, here, here's a guy that I personally don't think is going to be on the team in 2020 or 2021. And this guy's done nothing but produce. Mr. Consistent. He's played left field. He's played right field. He's played center. And now for the last nine games, he's been playing shortstop. Only two errors. And I think it happened in the same game. Right, right. While still hitting leadoff. And around 300 average. This guy gets on base. He just is one of those guys that you try to, you wait for him to do something wrong so you could finally put him on the bench, you know, and get some kind of blue chip prospect in his place. But he is taking advantage of the time right now. Well, and but as a guy who can play multiple positions, why do you think there's not a place for him on the team? I, maybe, but I, definitely not as a starter. Right. Not, right. not as a starter. Um, you know, he could play his way as utility guy. Uh, but do you package him up with column A, you know, and trade him off? Right. Right. I mean, and that, that's, you know, I don't think he's going to be an everyday player, Lurie. And you got a guy like column A. What do you do with column A? He's lights out. Yeah. I, what do you do with this guy? He's got, I, I think. It's a tough situation. If there's any chip that you have to move this year, it's got to be him. 
but you just can't give them away. Because no, you can't we're, give we're them not, away. But this team in in the third year of a rebuild that knocking on the door of 2020 is a, poten- a potential division contender. I don't want a guy that uh, is a project that's going to start in low A for me. Yeah. And then in four or five years, I'm going to see uh, the fruits of the labor. I need a guy that's going to be playing almost immediately. But I, I think you can, I, I think you could find a home for column A, reap the, the benefits of that and still put together a bullpen with a solid closer when you're ready to make that run. Yeah. Yeah. It's you'd think you can, because it's happened, right? These closers come out of nowhere. It's happening. Yeah. And, or a team gives up on a closer and your boy, Dan Cooper fixes him up. That's right. And, uh, and you know, all of a sudden we've got a a should be all-star closer and column A. I'm curious to see what happens, but that's my issue with Lurie is, should we, while the stock is high, package him up for maybe a starting pitcher that we could potentially sign long term, a la 2004, yeah. Freddie Garcia. Hey, I, listen, I say he's the guy on this team. We we've talked about other guys that we think should probably not move. Abreu being one of them, you know, it hit or miss on on McCann, right? If there's a, if, if there's a great deal out there mm-hmm. to be had, yeah, I, but, I, I but, think you hold but, on to McCann. Well, and also, as we said before, who's really looking for catchers, unless there's some type of catastrophic injury. Exactly. For, uh, that, for, that's uh, the, like, like we said, I mean, what team, a is that he's the guy you can move. He's, he's the guy that a team might could, there's, there's enough teams out there that could need him. They're going to be knocking on the door and they, they've probably already been calling the white Sox. It's just, what are you giving us? Because we could potentially keep this guy for a couple more years. I think his contract is friendly enough for that. And have the Yankees figured out their closer situation? They've got enough folks in their bullpen. You, you sure think they have? I, I, I don't know. Okay. Um, I, I really don't know. But uh, you know, the Yankees are going to be talking to people, and so is Boston. And uh, we'll, we'll get they to still those. have Chapman, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, okay. we'll we'll get to those uh, those first place teams okay. around the league in a little bit. But uh, let you know what? Let's check in on our <laughs> uh, since it's the All Star break. Uh, you know, Jeff and I are going to check in on some predictions we made at the beginning of the season. Uh, why do were, I why why do I feel concerned? I, I, I about was trying this. to think what episode this was, but oh, I got it right here, episode fifteen. Okay, and here we are in right. episode thirty. So this okay. is perfect. Perfect timing. Uh, we made some. We made all different kinds of baseball predictions. What was going to happen at the end of the year, and who we were kind of high on, and who we were not so high on, and we also made some predictions of where the Sox were going to be at the All Star break. That, so, that's what I'm. In, that's the one I'm interested in the most. Okay. Uh, you want me to come out with that and let you know where the sack where we thought the sacks? Yeah, because I feel like break? that might be the only one that actually holds up. Or feels I'm telling good. you, man, I'm feeling really good about <laughs> okay. what what I had what I had All predicted right. here. All right. So this is this is what we predicted. The record for the Chicago White Sox was going to be at the All Star break um, through uh, 87 games. You want to know what you predicted or what I predicted? <laughs> I feel like I feel you feel pretty good about yours. Uh, let, let me give you what let me let me give you what uh, Jeff Julian predicted here, and it's not a bad prediction. You predicted thirty-five and fifty-two. Okay, okay. all right. They have um, overperformed my prediction, and I'm pleased with that. Uh, drum roll, <laughs> drum drum roll, please. I predicted forty-three and forty-four. Oh wow! So all right. 
Well, what can you say? Okay. All right. Very nice. Nicely done. When you, you were take very a, optimistic. When you take a long-term leave of absence <laughs> from your job and study the schedule for multiple hours and days, that's what happens. And some good luck along the way. Love it. Um, Love it. All right. So, so hey, you, that's good. That's. And uh, then what, what were the final record predictions? Uh, so your your final record prediction is seventy five and eighty seven. Okay. So, okay. Uh, I I had seventy seven and eighty five. Okay. Um, All right. You have them finishing fourth in the AL Central. I don't think I anticipated Detroit <laughs> being as bad oh, as they, they're, they're as, as they are. So um, I I I thought it would be closer between. I think we all thought. Kansas City was going to be at the bottom no matter what. Yeah. So uh, I, I have them finishing second, which I eh, yeah I, I just don't know about that. Cleveland's okay. starting to come on. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you were very bullish on Aloy. Uh, you feel that uh, Aloy is going to be the uh, White Sox leader in home runs and in average <laughs> at the end of the season. I have uh, a Brayu. I pred- I predicted a Brayu to finish with thirty five home runs and be the leader, and he's at I think. I think he's at 21 already, so he's on a, he's on good pace. Uh, Aloy has 16, so he's five behind. Yeah, Abreu, uh, Abreu has yeah. What, did, did did you have that number? He's got 21. I had him going 35 yeah. home runs this okay. year. He's right. at 21. Aloy is starting to come on. He had a little no, bit I'm slow start. He had you, a little man. break for the for the and, and injury. Is, we thought Aloy was going to start in the minors. Yeah, at least yeah. until May he was going to yeah. come up. Maybe May first. He started yeah. the season right away. Yeah. Uh, which are why some of these numbers are where they are. Yeah, he's coming um, around. Uh, I had Abreu finishing uh, as a team leader in RBIs with 110. He's at 66 right now, and he, I believe, yeah. not only leads the team, but he's right up there in the American well, League. Well on pace. Well on pace. Um, Anderson errors. I said Anderson was going to be under his 20 errors from 2018, and he would only finish with 15 errors. He's at 16 already. You have him at 25 errors, so good on you for that. Come back for the injury. I need a bet to win. Here's uh, the last one I want to touch on. and No, actually, there's one more. Uh, so we talked about uh, what goofy promo item, would there be an added promo item? Okay. And, uh, I think the hottest promo item that they added is the Aloy Jimenez bobblehead. Which we're going to get our hands we'll on. Be, we'll be in attendance. I thought Guillen's jersey. They were going to surprise everybody yeah. with Guillen's jersey yeah. every time, which still could happen. But yeah. uh, here's here's my favorite uh, preseason no. prediction. <laughs> I don't want to talk on, about it this. It is on Daniel Polka's <laughs> home run abilities. And he, of course, Daniel Polka led the you team. You had me all <laughs> fired up on this. You got me confused. Uh, he Polka led the Sox in 2018 with 27 home runs, and I just you would never <laughs> believe it. What's happening with that gentleman right now? But we predicted how many home runs would Polka finish with in uh, 2019. I said <laughs> under 20. Jeff, Jeff, you've got him at 30 home runs. <laughs> Well, I mean, big second uh, half. Yeah. He's uh, not even on the team anymore. They sent him back to Charlotte. Well, you didn't say he had to be on the team. I, I just thought it was how many home runs that he would hit in a uh, year. So. I, you know what? I If he stops playing baseball and just decides <laughs> to go to games in the outfield, he might collect 30 home run okay. balls uh, by the end of the year. Yeah, his uh, his line right now is one hit. Oh, yeah. No homers. Mm-hmm. Uh, 22 batting average, 
two RBIs, so he's he's pushing Abreu for that RBI. Uh, oh, God, <laughs> what title. happened? He, I, I mean, it's a real shame. That I might mean, be the. I feel bad for the guy. That might be the greatest one year, and then f- immediately followed by the worst one year. Is that what you're worried about, McCann? You think like McCann's going to turn into what no, Polk is going? I don't think it's going to be like that. I just want to know. Again, I go back to trade value here mm. because. You know, we're we're, we're kind of out of that trade game, though. I know. I'm read, just though. saying. Who know? I, I, I'm not worried about it. I just I I, I look at it and I just wonder. I wonder right. if this is the if if this is the 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 way he's going to be for the next two or three years. Right. Let's Ta- not get back into that. Talking Move. about trade value, though, you you bring me yes. up to the Abreu Trades. situation, and uh, you know. One of the hot topics among White Sox fans and folks in the media is this enigma of Jose Abreu. Will he stick around? Uh, will they resign him? Will the Sox try to capitalize on, a, on another all-star season and trade him away? Uh, you know, he, he continues to use the media as a way of saying, I want to stay on this team. I want to see this rebuild through. I've been through enough, and I know where this team is headed and I want to be here. You have now other players, namely uh, Jimenez, coming to his defense and saying, Abreu's like a father to me. I want this guy around. We know what he means to Mankata, and we know what he most likely will mean to uh, Robert uh, or Robert. You know, I'm still trying to figure out that last name. But whenever he comes up, most likely uh, in 2020 full-time. Um, and, then, and then you couple that with the whole Ricky Renteria situation and is he really the guy long term or is he just a placeholder for Omar Vizquel or God forbid, you know, maybe it's Ozzy Gani comes back out of the shadows or maybe it's Joe Girardi or some other crazy name that people are throwing around. So my question to you, Jeff, is who sticks around? Who leaves first? I'll give you either Abreu, Renteria or neither. They both stay well uh, into 2020 and beyond. I think they'll both be here in 2020. In 2020. And I don't know about 21. I don't know the contract status for for Abreu. All right, let me just pin but, you on 2020 then. Yeah, I I think they're I think they're both going to be here. I, I I think that upper management is committed to to Renteria and what did I, I say? Re- what, what? I just want to read. <laughs> did I did I, I say something back, else? If I could go back to the preseason predictions okay. really quick. The question was, does Ricky come back next year? My answer, yes. Jeff, no. Okay. <laughs> now you're all in on Ricky. I'm going to get you a Red no, Daria jersey. I'm not all in on him. You didn't ask me what. My, my betting is completely uh, disconnected from my logic. Okay. okay? You're following your heart here. I see. <laughs> no. Do I, do I think he should be back? Different question. Do I think they're going to bring him back? Yes. At this, Listen, at the beginning of the year, we didn't think that we're going to be two games under 500 at the all-star break. So clearly with, so with he's a, doing something right with a pitching staff as injures mm-hmm. it, as injured as it is, yeah. he's done something right. He's probably earned another year for sure. So do I think either of them will be gone next year? More than likely not, you know, and I've, yeah. I've come around on, on a Brayu in terms of, you know, it's probably the, the time to trade him was a couple of years ago he, he, I, I could see him being this team's 
Paul Canerco in terms of when For they're sure. ready to to win a World Series, he'll be that kind of elder statesman who still matters a lot to the team and who and who leads them. Renneria, right. I don't know. I I, I just I, I don't know. I I think we probably are going to have a heart. We'll know. We'll know more about what we should think about him in this second half of this season, because I think he's going to have an opportunity to manage meaningful games over the next 20 or 30 games where there where what we talked about before. Right, right, Can right, you right. make a run at this wild card? Now, if they slip out and then, you know, they get 10, 15 games out of that. And then all of a sudden they're, 10 or 11 games well, under it's 500. how they slip out of that. Yes, if they slip out right. of it by poor play and That's horrible decisions about. and uh, goofy lineups. But, you know, everyone wants to second-guess Ricky Renteria on his lineups and on his, you know, pitching decisions. And, hey, he makes some goofy decisions from time to time. He is not perfect. But I'm telling you, with the pitching staff that we've had, the injuries that we've had, uh, the lack of an off uh, off season with any mega star coming to the south side, and he's got this team two games under five hundred. I-, I say you stick with the horse. I mean, this guy's baseball IQ is off the charts. There's no drama. You don't hear anything in the media about what's going on in the clubhouse, or they don't want to play for Ricky, or nobody's throwing anybody under the bus, or using the media to get at him. You know, I think it's a shame of what happened with the Cubs if it wasn't for Tampa giving up on Madden. And I think Theo always knew he was going to go with somebody else. He just didn't tell Ricky. And Ricky could have been managing that Cubs team. We talked about it a couple days ago. It it, it wouldn't have surprised me if if Epstein knew the contract clause that that was sitting there that was going to allow Madden to come free. But, you know, you can't relitigate the past. Um, you know, w- w- would Renteria have won that World Series? Who the hell knows? I mean, you could say the same thing about Guillen in 05. Yeah, would yeah, somebody yeah. else sitting there have, have been the difference? I don't know. That's not what this is about. We have to see, we have not seen this guy yet manage in actual uh, high quality team that's, I, that's I under, ready to I, win. I understand so that. So that's but- next year then. Well, it's at the end of this year and next year because now you've got CSUP. You've got, um, you know, Mankata, you've got uh, Aloy, you've got uh, an emerging Anderson. Hopefully he comes back healthy. We'll see what happens with him. And let's see if you can not only get a hot first half, let's see if they gas out. Well, that's, you know, cause, but that's what I mean. He has a chance to show something as a manager. He can't right let this now. team gas He's out. He's got a team that's sitting right there. They're two games under 500. They played really well. They got a chance to go and make some hay on the wild card. So go show it. Manage it. Show me something. Right. However, with this team, success means something different than a Yankees or a Dodgers. Because success with this rebuilding team is playing a better game of baseball year after year. 2017, 2018, 2019. And he's done that. And the record hasn't shown he's it, He's done that thus far. Well, the record does show it, it shows this year. It now. It's there, starting there, to show there it 29 now. games, right? right? There, were, there were 29 games under 500 Correct. at this point yeah. last year. So clearly the record does. But I, I still say... Okay, who cares? At, at the end of the year, if you're not holding the uh, World Series trophy, it, it doesn't matter. You know, start over next year. But you do have a moment in time here right now. Like I said, the next 20, 30 games, go go show something. Show yeah. Even if even if yeah, they're not the Yankees, they're not the Twins, 
but you could claw back into this and make it interesting and really test some of these young players in a playoff environment, even though you're not going to the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be exciting. uh, You know, all those games within a game and, I'm calling for Ricky to be here uh, through this rebuild. Uh, he's going to be the manager when they get to the playoffs next. And I see the Sox extending Abreu at the end of this season. He's going to retire as a White Sox. And, you know, whether you're high on numbers being retired up in the rafters or around the stadium or not, uh, I think it's a great team honor and it's something more for the fans. But I could see number 79 being retired at the end of Abreu's time. Um I'm going to just skip around a little bit on you, Jeff, because I want to get to what you had uh, kind of toyed around talking about is these first place teams around Major League Baseball or, you know, buy and sell if these folks are going to be around at the end. And and at the halfway mark here in the AL, we've got, of course, the Twins in the Central, the Yankees uh, in the East and Houston in the West. And in uh, the National League, you got the Cubs by a half game. Uh, They're in first in the Central. Uh, the Dodgers are in first by, you know, two touchdowns, I think. And uh, Atlanta is in first in the East. Um, teams that stick out there for you, I mean, any of those teams you think just offhand you could be slipping and maybe aren't, aren't here for the long haul? Well, I, I, I tried to look at it and think, you know, who who's going to get caught or, or who's the least likely to, 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 to stay where they're at? You know, I, I mean – as you said, Dodgers are lights out. They look, I mean... Dodgers are locked in. You, you'd have to have this is an their epic year. collapse to, to, to not stay there. So I don't even think the Dodgers are worth talking about. Atlanta's got a pretty big jump on on, on the Nationals and Philly, but I, I wouldn't call that... I wouldn't call that a lock, although Atlanta's a damn good, really young, really good team. They're, they're hungry. Yeah. They, they, and they've got the players. They, they've got the talent, man, some young studs. So I think you look at that at the NL Central, and this was yeah. this was the— We knew this going in. We, we knew in. this was going to go uh, going in. And so the Cubs have kind of limped to that first place at the break with yeah. a, lot of, a lot of different things going on with that team. And so I think— I don't know what I think about Milwaukee yet. They had that hot start mm-hmm. and they looked like they were, you know, they had made all yeah. those off season moves yeah. and they looked like they were going to be the team to beat. And then they've kind of, they've stayed in there, but they've not, they, they've not continued to be what looked like right. might be a juggernaut St. Louis. I, I don't know, you know, but th- you look, there's, there's only three games that uh, the, the last place team in that division is only um, six wins off of the first right. place. So, who yeah. knows about that? So if, if I got to pick out of the NL, NL leaders right now, who's least likely to be in first out of those three leaders at the end of the season, I, I would put my money on the Cubs. Now that doesn't yeah. mean I don't think they'll win that division. Yeah. But if I had to pick out of the three mm-hmm. right now, they seem the most vulnerable. Yeah. When you go up to the the AL, I, I mean, Houston looks locked in again. Yeah. I don't know about this Minnesota thing. Yeah, I'm with you. I was about to say I could see Cleveland. Cleveland's right there. I feel like they've got one more big push, and if they do something at the deadline and go all in and say this is our window, it's it's a few inches open, this is it. We're going we're gonna to grab a couple guys to shore up this last run. Well, they're within single digits, um, and you, you know they're going to play them a handful of times in the second half. And I, I, Cleveland was the team I was going to say that could potentially overtake Minnesota. Yeah, 
uh, of those three teams, Minnesota is the least likely. I, I think so, too. I, I don't know enough about this Tampa team to say whether they can catch the Yankees or not. And, well, we know and, no one's watching them. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're averaging 13,000 folks oh uh, in attendance. So nobody's watching this team, even though they're an outstanding team. They continue to be well run. I just don't know if they've got the juice to take over the Yankees. What about Boston? Is Boston out of it? If Boston makes a deal, which you know they're looking to make a deal on, on a pitcher, um, you, 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 you kind of scratch your head. as like, how, how is Boston this much out of it? Yeah. With, with the talent that they have. Yeah. But it's the talent that's just not, that's not living up. And, and you look at Sale as, uh, as the first one you know, on that list. Um, yeah, I have to go Minnesota in the AL, and I have to go Cubs in the NL. I, I something tells me this is Atlanta's year in the East, and the Dodgers I think are going all the way to a World Series championship. I, I I'm not saying the Cubs are going to lose out on it, but you could I could see St. Louis maybe making a deal, you know, or, or the, somebody's got to do something. And with only one deadline, you know, this isn't there isn't this like scattered deadline this year. There's one yeah. hard trade deadline. Right. It's going to be interesting. I picked the Cubs because they're in the they're I think they're in the most vulnerable position of the of those three first place teams because of the division they're in. But I I, I will say it wouldn't surprise me one damn bit if they come out and rip off a 10 11 or you know 12 out of 13 coming out of the break and you know they're going to be sitting there ready to make a deal for for, for a player so they could yeah. just as easily shore up but they certainly yeah. are are in the most vulnerable position of of all six of the first place teams yeah. um you want to keep going i think we got some good stuff you, you you're able to keep going i'm in let's bit. rip it um, wanted to talk a little bit about the juiced baseball and the protective netting. Two major issues uh, here at the All-Star break. Uh, you, folks, are, if you're listening to this podcast, I know you've, you've, you've heard all about the Verlander ranting and raving. Uh, the balls are juiced. You know, he's given up uh, his, his most home runs at the All-Star break uh, ever, um, despite starting the All-Star game. Uh, MLB, the Commissioner Manfred, saying, you know, I, I, there's something wrong with the ball, but we are not involved in meddling with the ball. Um, you know, home runs are flying out at a record pace. They're going to shatter the record most likely at the end of this season. Um, what's your take on it? I, I, my personal take is Verlander kind of needs to shut up and just pitch better. I mean, everybody's dealing with it. <laughs> everybody's dealing with it. You know. Yeah, but somebody's got to voice this. And yeah, I, I, I do get think, what he's saying. And, and, and I mean, and MLB said it. it's like something's going on with the ball. I, but we're not. We're not inserting a super ball into the ball to that make it fly rings out. hollow to me. Really, I, I, I don't. I don't know why we. And I know it's different commissioners, but I don't know why all of a sudden we would believe a league that was complicit in the steroid era. But as, they weren't injecting well. people. They weren't injecting. No, of course not. But they were, they turned a blind eye for sure. They either turned a blind eye. They were very late to the game and did not want to put all, you know, and deal with the, the, the players union to put in all those parameters of testing. It just wasn't, they just weren't going to do it at that it, time. It just rings hollow to me that, that they would be like, huh, that's weird. We've, we're on pace to, to, to break the single season record by 
almost 600 home runs. We didn't do anything, but boy, we can't figure out what's wrong with it. Well, I mean, one of the, you know, one of the reasons that Manfred gave is that baseball producing, the act of making a baseball, manufacturing a baseball is just so damn efficient right now. It's wound tighter. There aren't little imperfections and lag that previous machines uh, were creating. The, the, the process has gotten so robotic and so foolproof that these baseballs are, let's say, perfect. Okay, but th- doesn't it stand to reason then that this would have been a more gradual Im- improvement um you know if the machine is because the the commissioner said rawlings hasn't changed their process in any meaningful way so how is the process getting better and making baseballs but it hasn't changed i don't know i I, i'm gonna book a tour to the the rawlings facility and i'm gonna get my eyes on this can't you just saw a ball open (laughs) i mean have you ever done that you just started tearing the cover off a ball like when you're a kid and then all the twine and then you get down to that core and you compare them from different decades like you know this is my love hate with (laughs) with baseball okay because (laughs) the reason i'm laughing is because nick just slid a a, a tony larusa bobblehead closer to me and we were we were i was sharing my my uh my hatred it's not a hatred but tony larusa is one of those guys that he's always bringing up the these unwritten rules of baseball and that's what i'm talking about baseball is full of all these contradictions right so on the on the one hand, you hear, well, this is the one sport where the records matter and you can compare players from air, from different eras because the game is the same. It's, it's hit the, you know, take the bat to the ball, hit it, you know, score runs, whatever. Okay, fine. But then on the same token, you have this stuff with the baseball where all of a sudden no records matter, you know, um, uh, uh, um, yeah. Peter Alonzo, the guy yeah. who won the home yeah. run derby, yeah. he obliterated Daryl Strawberry's single season rookie yeah. home home run record. So then the records don't mean anything. And and, and to me, if yeah, the, I get what you're saying. I home runs. If okay, let's say they are messing with the balls, and they're messing with the balls to bring more eyeballs to the game because they want people to watch. They think they want, they're making the but game more exciting. Is down. Well, I know that's my point. More home runs is not the way to make this game better. The, the problem with the game is it's, it's there, there's several problems. And one of them is this idea that your starters out in the fifth inning, and then you've got specialized guys who are throwing so hard and so fast that nobody can get hits. And then you got the three outcomes Right. And, and and so yeah. you just have nothing happening yeah. on the base yeah. paths. Yeah. I, I what get what it. makes the game fun and interesting and you've got all these great athletes and they're you you never get to see them in the field. Do you know what Japan does for its all-star break? They have a skills competition. There there is no home run derby. Maybe there is, but it's not, you know, it's not as important as a skills competition where they have targets in the field and hitters have to hit like a cray paper target. You know, with their spraying line drives, it's almost like they're, you're taking purposeful. It's like the NHL skills. Yeah, and and then they actually practice ba- uh, bunting, where they have targets on the infield, and you've got to bunt and roll it on to this like dart board for extra points. I, I'm not saying that's where I want to see baseball going, but you know, you want to change the game, and I, I texted you earlier. I'm sorry, but practice bunting, practice a drag bunt for a base hit, uh, practice beating the shift. So you stop this ridiculous shift. Bunt! 
You know, swallow your yeah. ego. I know you're not getting paid to bunt, but you know that's how you break it up. I, I don't know. I, I I just think that if you're if if you're gonna say, well, we don't know, we can't figure it out. Well, then you're gonna have to make some other changes. Then yeah. you're gonna have to look at, uh, you know, raising the mound or moving the mound back. Which they've or, done before, so there's yeah. You know, uh, and and that's the thing. They're constantly tinkering. And then you and I talk too. There's just so many inconsistencies too are. in the ballparks, in the stadiums, in the sure. stadiums yeah. and oh well, we'll just put a basket here, and then <laughs> we'll get ten more home runs a year because. Yeah. How about that uh, flagpole that used to be in Houston in the outfield? You remember that it was on like a hill, and yeah. they eventually moved it. How is that yeah. ever a good idea? Yeah, it's just so baseball is. You know, again, that that's the love hate thing for me because it's just. It's all the <laughs> stop touching the Tony Larusa bobblehead. Uh, we'll we'll yeah. take a photo of that. Yeah. We'll put it on uh, the Facebook page. Uh, well, what, I, I don't what, know. Yeah. One thing they are changing, and I think we're both uh, really into this movement, uh, is is the protective netting. And yeah. there was something on the news earlier today. It was on GN News, and there's some articles that uh, right now, right right now at uh, Sox Park. Protective netting is being installed all the way down to the fall pole. So when the socks come back home uh, in late July, I think it's July 22nd or whatever for their homestand, netting is going to be all the way down, and they will be the first and, and right now only stadium to have this protective netting. Which um, and, and that, from what I understand, is top down from Reinsdorf. Good on the socks. So it's it's a it's it's a needed. It, and again, it should not be team option or stadium well, that's, that's specific. That's what Manfred's saying it right now. It should be that that the Major League Baseball. This is this is what we're going to do. I think it should be too. And for Manfred to leave this to the teams to decide is putting them between a rock and a hard place with their season ticket holders and with all these other advertisers. Major League Baseball should just come out and say this is mandate right, right. across the board with the way the balls are flying out yeah. and that the speed rate and, and, and the way the bats have changed. It's not just if you're paying attention or texting or tweeting or whatever, right. it's you could be paying attention yeah. and that ball is coming at you faster than it ever has been. Right. I, I, to me, what, what is it going to have to take too? how many live, right. how many, how many near death experiences or, or yeah. injuries or, you know, in, in it, it's it's not just happening for the fans. Look at the way Albert Almora sure, Jr. was sure. affected by yeah. that that young girl yeah. having her skull fractured mm -hmm. by a foul ball. Yeah, I mean suffering seizures and uh, you know it, it's just yeah I, you know I I hate to admit this but I was a little on the fence uh, you know months ago like well it's going to disturb the view like can't people just pay attention put your phone down they should collect phones at the stairs. <laughs> Uh, you know, <laughs> I don't even know how that was going to be actually you monitored. Touch the Tony Larusa bobblehead when you're when you're saying those uh, those crotchety. I am uh, old so man. much on the net now. You know what? It, it, it makes for a, a more enjoyable experience. It really does. And if you experience sitting behind the dugout ever with the net that's in place right now, it's almost transparent. You, yeah, you, you don't you even can't notice even it. Really see it. Yeah. So it, it's it's better. It's it's um, better. It's safer. And as you said, if these baseballs are going to continue to yeah. fly out of, uh, you know, flap the bat the way that they are, you, you got to protect people. You got you to protect people. You know, you know people. the sad thing? It might come down to stadiums, honest to God, 
giving fans helmets before they put up protective netting. It, some some of these stadiums and just ownerships have so much pride of like they don't want to do anything to their stadium or what. I, I don't know what the exact reasons are, but I hope this trend catches on. Yeah, um, for sure. All right, we're going to start wrapping up here on episode 30, but wanted to just, you know, again, talk. Should we hit that voicemail uh, option for sure. one more time? For sure. Uh, yeah. Anchor gives us. We'd love to hear from you. Just go to anchor.fm slash good dash guys dash talk dash back, and you can leave us a message. Just click send voice message. Yeah. Uh, and, and follow us on Twitter at goodguystb and uh, find our Facebook page and like it. Uh, give us a rating. We really appreciate you following along on Good Guys Talk Back. Uh, for our White Sox, after this All-Star break, uh, there's three in Oakland, and yours truly will be flying out to Oakland. Uh, I will be uh, seeing the White Sox play in uh, the 18th different stadium. That's awesome, man. It'll be my 20th stadium and my 18th different stadium seeing the Sox. Excited for this series. It's a big series with Oakland ahead of the Sox in the wild card race. After Oakland, they go to KC for four. That's a sweepable series. Uh, absolutely. And then you've got the three at and then Tampa you got the Bay. Three at Tampa. So, you know, I mean, realistically, these are these these could be ten of the most important games managed by Renneria in this season, and and the ten most important games that this team plays. Yeah. What What's your gut tell you? What's the what? What's the record coming out of these these ten games? I, I say two out of three from Oakland. Uh, I say uh, I say you know three out of four at Kansas City, and I say one out of three um, in Tampa. So I'm looking at uh, what does that put me at? That's six and um, six and four. Okay. So I say winning record, um, but Tampa is always a tough place for us to play. Uh, if they could take two out of three from Oakland, which is another disaster area, I'd be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It, it, they might surprise me, you know, with sweeping Kansas City. But, uh, you know, they do have Giolito and Cease, I think, going in Kansas City uh, right now. Uh, Boy, seven and three would be pretty Seven awesome. and three would be nice. I mean, if, I'm, you could, yeah. if you could do that, you're, you're, you're sitting right there. And you took games away from two teams in front of you in yeah. the – in the wild card race. Yeah. So we'll yeah. see. Yeah, we'll Something see. to look forward to. Absolutely. Uh, thank you folks so much for joining us once again for Good Guys Talk Back. Everything Chicago White Sox, fan-centric, and blue collar. For Jeff Julian, I am Nick Morowski. Go Sox.